Hey, everybody. I'm Andrea Siminski, and this is the Hindsight's 2020 podcast. On today's episode, I'm chatting with my friend and hairstylist, Kelly, about how the pandemic forced her out of the workforce. We also talk about the changes she and her family had to make when she was able to go back to work. This was such an effortless recording. I felt like I was sitting in her chair at the salon and we were just gabbing away. I really hope you all enjoy Kelly's perspective on 2020. Kelly, thank you for being here. Do you mind introducing yourself? Sure. My name is Kelly and I'm a hairstylist. I live in the East Bay with my boyfriend and my two-year-old son. Yay. I am so excited that you are finally a guest on this podcast. Oh my gosh. It took me so long. I'm so sorry. Oh, don't (laughs) apologize. But you know what's kind of crazy just sort of looking back because you are going to be one of the final guests of season one. I was sitting in your chair a couple of months ago telling you about the concept of this podcast. Like you were the one, one of the first people I talked to about it. And like your reaction and the stories you were telling me just confirmed like, okay, yes, I have to do this because it just felt so, I don't know, so good and like such a relief for us to just sort of, I don't know, confess everything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm really glad that you decided to do this. I think a lot of people want to just hear stories of what people have gone through. So I think it's great. Yeah. And I know when we talked, so you're a hairstylist, you know the shutdown happens in San Francisco. You were driving into San Francisco, right? You had a chair here in the city. Yep. Everything's put on hold. None of us knew it would be as long as it ended up being. But can you Mm -hmm. kind of take me back and walk me through what was going on in your life, what you were thinking, what you were planning for, all of that? Yeah. So I've been doing hair in San Francisco for, God, I don't know, 12 years. And I remember being at the salon the day that the shutdown was announced. And I remember rescheduling clients and saying, see you in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And then every other time it'd be like, okay, you know, see you next month. And then at one point I just was like, all right, I'll just get in touch when I know some more information. And it just kept getting pushed out. And it was kind of scary to be honest. Yeah, because you are... Don't you're like at the bottom of the barrel for unemployment, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So self-employed, it was a struggle to even get the unemployment. And then we didn't get it until I think the end of May. So, you know, I went through a lot of savings. That was, you know, panic for me, my family. And even once we got it, you know, I don't get that much money because it's hard to go with all the self-employed people that are getting unemployment for the first time, right? So um, yeah, it was a struggle for a lot of different reasons. I remember seeing on Instagram, there was sort of talk of, you know, I forget how many manifestations we went through in this state, but maybe it was the color tier. I can't even remember. And but before that, you had been making like kits to mail out to clients and like trying to just get really creative about what you could do to sort of support your client roster and keep that bench warm for when things reopened. And I even remember seeing a picture of you on like a Zoom with the salon, like, okay, this is happening. And I remember being in touch, like, oh, maybe I should get on her calendar. And then it just, it felt like the rug got 
ripped out from underneath you. Yeah. That's how like the whole year felt, to be honest. It was just one thing after another. And I was trying to not only get some income on my end, but also help my clients through what was a hard time for other people as well, you know, for many different reasons. But um, yeah, trying to figure out how salons were going to work through this whole situation was really tough. And the salon that I was at at the time, um, we were doing the Zoom meetings, really hopeful and, and trying to be prepared when we did get that, you know, come back, start on this date and everything's open, which unfortunately never happened. <laughs> but yeah, it was tricky to navigate. I have to diverge. And I got to ask you your feelings about the Nancy Pelosi thing that went down. <laughs> summer. I mean, you have to be able to weigh in on that. Like that salon was kind of close to your salon, kind of nearby, right? Yeah. Same street. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was very interesting. I really was upset by it for a lot of different reasons. I felt that we got the short end of the stick on a lot of things. And that was just kind of a punch in the gut, to be honest, that it was okay uh, for her to go into a salon that's supposed to be closed and say she didn't know the rules. That was the part that just kind of made me a little angry. And, you know, just admit it. Like, I want to get my hair done. And you're, you're higher up than you can. If that's what it is, that's what it is. Right. I mean, there was certainly this like, I mean, it was almost like being alive during the prohibition and like <laughs> like bootleg alcohol, right? People getting their hair done. I mean, I certainly there were parents in my pod who, you know, were like, "Oh God, I like I could I had a bad week. I had to go." My hairstylist like snuck me into the back and did you know? And I was just like, "Okay, then, um, wow, like we all know the rules. What is happening?" <laughs> Because at that point, I also think, you know, being in the Bay Area, I don't know. I feel like we had a special level of really high lockdown and we were frigging tired. And to see people, you know, for lack of a better word, breaking the rules was like extremely frustrating since it set everybody back. And we were already at it for so GD long. <laughs> yeah, this was actually kind of towards the beginning. So, you know, the struggle was still, it was so raw, you know, for our industry, especially. Mm -hmm. And then to have her go to the salon and pretend she didn't know. And pretend she didn't know. And that was the thing that just annoyed me the most. Like, you don't know what's happening in your own country and state. And I just, I don't know. I, for many different reasons, it bugged me. And the salon owner probably should have known better also, but mm -hmm. you know, what are you going to do? I mean, I love that you were putting together these kits for your clients. Oh, thanks. So, and like you said, you know, people struggled in many different ways. And I think that, you know, as you know, I had stopped dyeing my hair before. Yeah, the you were the shelter, shelter in place. Yeah, I was like, what, six months in? I don't even know, something like that. Yeah. But coming to that decision was like super hard because I don't know, this just, it's, it's a struggle. And when you can't, you know, Kelly, honestly, I have seen you more in my life than I have like some of my closest 
friends because I have to dye my hair so frequently. (laughs) You have been like a constant in my life for the past, I think, 14 years. I think I started doing your hair in 2007. (laughs) I was thinking about that before we started this. I was just like, oh my God, it has been so long. And we've been so many things together. I know. It's just, it's insane. And that's, you know, that's one thing that's honestly my favorite thing about doing hair at this point is having these relationships and going through the pandemic. I realized that that's what I missed the most. Yeah. It wasn't just doing hair. It was seeing everyone that was like a part of my life. Right. You know? Right. We're not just clients. I mean, yeah. I have your phone number. I text you. Like you are a friend. I mean, you are somebody that I see regularly. Right. Or at least I did when I was dyeing my hair. So I mean, were there any silver linings along those lines? Like, oh my gosh, I thought this person just like sat in my chair and like looked at her phone. But as it as it turns out, she like really cares about me and reached out to me and wanted to be sure I'm okay. Did anything like that happen? Yeah, a lot of people reached out, which was so amazing. And it made me feel like I was needed because for a lot of the time, I didn't feel like I was. I didn't feel like hair or, you know, barber, esthetician, like anything was a priority. I feel like we were just bottom of the barrel most time and having my clients reach out was really special and to keep in touch with a lot of people. And, you know, people offered to buy gift certificates for when I reopened or you know, pay for, you know, their next haircut and their second money. And it was just, it's amazing to see, you know, people coming together to support one another in a time like that. Totally. The humanity of it all, like, I think gave a lot of us hope during a time when it just felt like, oh gosh. I mean, not to mention, you know, you work full-time in a very, like, let's be honest, this is a very demanding, grueling job doing hair. You're on your feet all day long. You're at on top of that. You're commuting in from the East Bay to the city. You have a young child. And so, you know, you're a working mom. And now all of a sudden, you're not. And you're home. And, you know, similar to me, I have two small children, not nearly as young as your son, but close. And (laughs) the struggle was real. <laughs> the wine consumption was oh, real. Too much. Too much. <laughs> Talk to me about that. How was that? I mean, you know, I've spoken with many different guests on this podcast about how, you know, my parenting suffered here and there, but I'm also giving myself grace. You know, these circumstances are not meant to, we're not meant to be in these circumstances for this amount of time as parents without help, without our village, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. I told a friend the other day that I think I drank the most I've ever drank last year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's so hard. You know, I, I was so stressed out, you know, for many different reasons. And I did love not having to do that stressful commute and work 10 hours on my feet and, you know, pick up my son when he's already asleep at 8.30 at night. And it did make me uh, realize that I, I needed to slow down and I needed to spend time, you know, with him and not 
commuting and working all day and just the struggles. And so it did open my eyes in that aspect that I just needed to slow down a little bit. And I try and look at that as a silver lining, like between all the struggles, um, I would have never had this time with him. And it was kind of amazing in that aspect. I try to look at that and through all the stress, goodbye, and all the glasses of wine. Right. (laughs) No, absolutely. I mean, in the beginning, I had the energy and like the drive to embrace it and to have fun and to like make it fun for the kids so that when they look back, they wouldn't feel like a sense of doom or terror or, you know, fear. And that it was just like this fun, happy time that they got to spend with us. And that was great. But I'll say it out loud. I got really tired of it. <laughs> After a while, it was just of course. exhausting. Plus, I mean, you also have kids that were in school and you used to do things like that. Like I was lucky enough to not have to deal with that. So I, I can't imagine being stuck at home, dealing with school and all that on top of the stress of everything. So it's a lot to deal with. I know, you know, when we talked originally, when I was telling you about this, you really, you talked about some things and you were really raw about sort of, you never thought that you would be in this point of your life and your career having to kind of start over and reinvent yourself or, or I don't know, sort of remarket yourself. So, and that was, we talked, I don't know, a couple months ago. I would love to hear, check in with you there and see what you're feeling and kind of hear that background. Yeah. So that's, that's tough. And I think through all of this, that's probably been the hardest thing for me to stomach is my career has taken a big dive. I've done hair for 14, working on 15 years and having to not work the longest I've never not worked in my life. And with the struggles of, you know, the unemployment and not being able to pay bills and, you know, not being able to pay my rent at the salon, I had to leave. And I really didn't want to. And I miss working there and I miss all my clients, but the pandemic forced me out basically. And I know other people who are also in the same situation, but um, yeah, it forced me out and I kind of had to figure out what I was going to do. You know, deciding to rebuild over in the East Bay where I live when everything reopened. Um, it's been a struggle. You know, rebuilding in the service industry, like in the beauty industry, is hard to begin with. You've got to market yourself. You've got to be there all the time. And I just can't be there and do everything that I used to do at the beginning of my career now with my two-year-old. And it's a struggle. It's a big time struggle. And after 15 years of, you know, a successful career and working my butt off, I just feel like it all just went right down the drain in that past year. And I still haven't been able to get back anywhere near what I was before. And it's a struggle mentally, you know, financially, everything. So it's a real like punch to the gut, you know, not feeling successful anymore. I mean, I hear you. Like, I hear you that, I don't know, I just feel like... I know a lot of people have had so many changes throughout this, you know, and it's hard to look at yourself in a different way, you know, 
Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's what so much of this year is about though. It's like sort of refinding ourselves. I mean, I think, I, I can't remember if I said this to you when I, I saw you, like I lost myself last year. I don't, I didn't know the definition of me anymore. It just blended between like caring for our home, my husband, our children, trying to keep everybody safe. Like, I don't know where I went. And um, I think that a lot of people, women in particular, working moms also really felt that deeply. And I don't know, maybe it was hard to say it out loud or hard to realize that that's what was happening. But I think that that led to like, you know, this sort of feeling of angst and just generally, you know, kind of being upset about something. It's like we have to grieve something like the old life we knew is gone. And now we've got to... Things are different. Yeah, things are different. So many different ways. Um, I struggled, uh, I think, with not feeling like myself, not feeling independent and successful and, you know, that I was contributing to our household and it made me, I think, struggle as a mom and struggle as a partner. And that took me a while to realize. I was talking to a friend the other day and I just kind of lost it. And I don't know why. And she's like, you've literally had the most stressful year, year and a half that you've ever had. She's like, I'm surprised that you haven't broken down more. And I feel like inside I do want to for all the stress and the struggle, but then you just have to keep it together for everyone else, right? And feel like I'm right there with you and I, I lost myself and I still feel like I'm trying to find myself again. And it's it's hard not to go down like that dark path after, you know, things just changing so much and so quickly. Yeah. You know, I think it's a really good thing is to carve out time for yourself and have like put yourself back up at the top of your list. It's easier said than done when you have small children. But I'm finding that that really has helped. I have started to become kind of selfish and um, (laughs) it's a nice change. Yeah. But at the same time, it's sort of like, oh my God, I need to go to CVS and buy like the Dentec mouth guard because my jaw is literally clenched. 24-7 and I don't know how to unclench it. And so I'm like, if I don't want to pay tens of thousands of dollars to the dentist, I better like go get a mouth guard because I'm still wound really goddamn tight. (laughs) Yes. No, it's so true. Like our bodies, like we just we're reacting to the stress so differently. I felt like my hair was like falling out last year. Oh, you know? This past week, we're recording this well in advance of when it's going to play, but the guest that was on this week that just aired, Leah Niederthal, talked about she like was losing her hair from having a baby and then it like went into the pandemic hair loss from stress. And like she was being seen by professionals, by dermatologists. Like it was a real thing. Like this was very real. And the dermatologist said that they used to diagnose this condition. Like I think she said once or twice a week. That might've been generous, but now it was up to like 40 or 50 times a week or something yeah. crazy, just yeah. crazy. I totally get that because I, you know, my best friend said the same thing. Like she's just so stressed out. She got three kids at home and losing her hair. And I know people with like bald spots and I'm like, it's just everything. Everyone is so <laughs> stressed out. <laughs> I know. 
Everyone's losing their hair. Oh, God. This, that and doesn't bode really well for you. Like, it's a goddamn double whammy. <laughs> Just add it to the list. I mean, at this point, <laughs> there's going to be no more hair to freaking cut. Thanks, <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but see, this, is, this helps. I don't know. This helps. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, don't worry. John will take some of this stuff out in post production. It's all good. <laughs> well, I know. Okay. So last time we spoke, and I'm just so happy that like you have found a beautiful space um, out where you live. And I'm totally willing to drive out to see you. And I know lots of people probably are. And when we saw each other, it just felt like normal life. I think I've seen you twice since. And it just feels like normal life. And it feels like a little bit of hope. I'm obviously we're masked up and all of that. You had to take my temperature. (laughs) I had to like sign the book. Yeah. Good thing is, is that the temperature and the signing in is all gone at this point. So it's like, we're slowly kind of getting back to some normalcy. Yeah. Still wearing the masks because, you know, under all the rules and regulations, uh, salon and barbers, you're so close that they still require you to right. wear masks. But I don't know when that kind of stuff will change, honestly. Yeah, because like vaccinated people can eat a meal together indoors now, you know? So it's hard though, because if they don't come up with these like passport thing, whatever, I don't even <sighs> go down know, that path. Such a shit <laughs> I know. But um, you were talking about the strain and stress on your relationship, your adult relationship, not about having a child. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about that or if that's sort of like, let me just save that. Just <laughs> <laughs> between us, no. <laughs> not put it out on the interwebs. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, what... Yes, so it was hard in the beginning, you know, with me not working because I'm suddenly don't have an income, right? We're used to having two incomes and then I'm home all the time. And he had to pick up pretty much everything at that point. Luckily, he has a very essential job. (laughs) So he was working nonstop, even more than normal. Which is hard on you too in its own way. Yeah. I mean, it was a struggle just being at home and, and, and doing everything at that point. Right. Because your family helped out with mm-hmm. Nolan. Yeah. And now we're in this scary stage where no one knows what's happening. So I assume you are like doing everything yourself so as not to expose yeah. other family yeah. members. So, so it's Yeah, we didn't see anyone in the beginning. It was literally just just us. Yeah. And Nate and I always <laughs> joke that this is like the most time that we've ever spent together. And I know a lot of people are, are that way too, right? If you're stuck at home. But mm-hmm. he's always worked a ton. And then, you know, I work. And so we're always like ships kind of, you know, coming and going sometimes. Yeah. yeah. And there would be some days that, you know, he wouldn't even see Nolan for like a couple of days because of his schedule. Mm-hmm. So now, like I'm home, he's home. And we're like, I don't even know if we're going to like each other anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's real talk. That is some it's truth speak. Though. Yes. I, know people, I know a lot of people that feel the same way, but it's a trip when you actually go through it, right? You're like, oh my God, this is so much time together. And I think, 
at that, you know, at some point, he kind of got used to it in a way, used to me being home. And then when I did try and go back to work, but when we did finally reopen in the fall, I think it was kind of uh, like a shock almost mm-hmm. that he had to go back to. He went from living the 1950s life with his <laughs> with his lady taking care right. of everything to right. her like right. putting her brief, briefcase <laughs> on, like living that nine to five life, Dolly right. Parton style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember the day I went back to work, the second day after, and mm-hmm. it was like I don't have any clean socks. And I said, um, you know how to do laundry. <laughs> and he's like, whoa, two days back at work and this is how it's going to be. <laughs> like, yeah, it's real, you know? And it's like, yes. I know you can't get all the projects and stuff that you do because he just does nonstop work around the house. And, you know, when he's home with Mullen, it's, it's different. And it was just kind of what we had to do. I, I could only work when he was off. And so that was also a struggle, you know, we, we were right. being home all the time to me being gone when he's home and then, you know, him being gone when I'm home. And it was, it was a very tough transition back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a struggle. And I had a really hard time with that because I wanted to go back to work and I wanted to feel like myself, but I, I didn't feel like myself because everything was different. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like going back to the way that things were. No. And that was... Because you couldn't drop Nolan off somewhere. Yeah. I mean, my mom definitely came back and, you know, we kind of like worked everything out where she was in our pod, but mm-hmm. it just, everything just felt different. Different, like, yeah. You know, just everything. And something shifted. I think something shifted. Yeah, it did. And... I think it still feels that way, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I'm still struggling to get back to feeling like myself and feeling like our life is semi-normal again. Yeah. And it's a struggle. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to take time. Yeah. I think it's hard in in the service industry in general right now. Mm -hmm. Things are reopening and people are getting vaccinated and feeling more comfortable. but. For me, you know, like leaving all my clients and trying to rebuild in the pandemic was probably not the best choice. Mm-hmm. So I struggle with what to do and how to handle it all. Would you ever go back to the city? I don't think so because I think Nolan is going to start, you know, daycare and preschool in a little bit. And mm-hmm. I can't be an hour and a half to two right. hours away. Right. I mean, the silver lining is you realized you don't want to be commuting and doing that drive. Absolutely. I knew after he was born, you know, and I I went back to work after eight weeks because you just kind of have to in this industry. (laughs) But um, yeah, I I knew right when I went back to work that it wasn't going to be forever in this way. But I felt forced to do it and I didn't get to do it on my own time. And that, that was a little gut-wrenching. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, I obviously am going to follow you to the ends of the earth. And oh, it's so sweet. I have a I'm lot of friends. <laughs> I know. I know. Especially because I don't dye my hair. So I'm so glad yeah, that we yeah. still have figured out a plan where we can see each other. Yeah. But I know a lot of people that have left the city for the East Bay. So of 
course I'm going to tell them. Oh, thank you. To go see you. So, you know, one day at a time, one foot in front of the other, you will get there. It's not going to happen overnight, but like everybody is grappling with all of these same things in their own way, in their own sort of lane. And so I think that we will see a lot of people making changes that perhaps they wouldn't have otherwise. And hopefully, you know, we can all support one another in these big changes. I mean, I think a lot of people probably realize, like a lot of people with office jobs or, you know, like sort of independent contractors at like different companies probably are like, ugh. I don't want to be doing this work, you know? So I'm sure people, a lot of people are having like come to Jesus, not to diminish in any way the sort of complete decimation of your, your client list, your clientele. Yeah, I know. I think it's going to be a struggle for a lot of people for some sort of normalcy, you know? And I, I think about the city a lot and how it's going to change. And I'm curious. It's a complete shithole right now. I have to tell you. I know. Yep. I was there like a week or so ago. And, uh, you know, especially with all the office jobs, like you were talking about, how people can start working from home or, you know, do the half and half or, you know, totally remote. It's going to be interesting to see how things change. And to me, it's kind of mind blowing how much has changed in this area. And just because of like one thing last year, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. How crazy it's been and how serious it was. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. And I'm not sure I like the way the new normal is going. Like, I want to see people back in offices. My house is not meant to be lived in this hard. Yeah. There should not be this many people here for this many days. Like, yeah. I used to love my house and now not so much. <laughs> Do you think it's because you just are there so much? Yeah. And so are a lot of other people in my family. (laughs) Too much, Kelly. Too much. (laughs) Yeah, no, for me, I mean, starting my own consulting business, I was looking forward to sort of dipping into my client's office environment to help them on a project. And now that's sort of gone. And so I sit at a desk in my bedroom. (laughs) I'll take a picture of it. Like, yeah, (laughs) post it with your episode. But yeah, it's like there are days where the I don't even open the blinds. I don't make the bed. I just sort of like roll over here and start working and it's depressing. Yeah, because you're just there and you're nonstop. And and then it's like, yeah, it's like, sure, I could get on the Peloton and have some self-care time and take time for myself, but I don't do it. And I really need to start doing it. But you're also still at home. Like, right. you know, I mean, the Pelotons are great. I get it, but yeah. you're still there. And it's just, it's not the same as going out and, having that socialization and going to a class or, you know, it's just... Right. So I would love to see us. I mean, I think I am pretty decent about like meeting up with people and getting out and seeing people. But I do, I just think in the office environment, I don't know, I think it's good for the psyche to get people out of their homes after this amount of time. And, you know, I'm. it's like a different experience if you are unmarried or you know single and dating no children yeah completely different than if you have kids like i got to tell you yeah I, you know All... i talk to clients and i have some new clients that live in you know Walnut Creek in the East Bay and some of them still work in San Francisco hmm. and so they're talking about how 
some of them are like super open to going back and like ready to go. And then, you know, the other half, I say like the other, I'd say like 80% don't don't want to go back. Oh, come on. Not (laughs) comfortable with it. Like taking public transportation. Yeah, that's true. It's true. Which, okay, I get it because BART is already too much. Right. 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 We're going to like kill the environment because everybody's going to have to get a car, get in their car, drive themselves because like public transportation is not the answer. I do. I understand that there are challenges and hurdles, but But I also feel like, what are we working towards at this point then? Right. I mean, what is that movie? Do you remember that movie? It's like maybe the early nineties. Was it Christian Slater? I don't know who it was, but he was just like at his computer and just like ordered everything. Oh my gosh. Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh wait, maybe it was Sandra Bullock. She was like a shut-in and like only dealt with people over the computer before like before like this was our actual life. Yeah. I'm going to have to in post-production go back and like figure that out and like yeah. do a addendum, but that is probably what people are going to want at some point. I mean, I know it's like I went out to dinner with my brother mm-hmm. and it was just amazing I'm like wow this is what we need to get back to like everyone's happier and yeah. i get that there's like that nervousness of it but then right. like, what are we working towards like what is this vaccine what what's what's gonna happen from this point you know right and i catch myself i mean i'm fully vaccinated and have been for a while i actually hugged my brother and sister-in-law <laughs> and i think i may have hugged a friend or two um, after and it felt weird and I stopped myself and then Paul has to always remind me like it's okay you're good <laughs> but I will like I am dancing in the streets about being able to eat at restaurants and yeah. you know go into yeah. people's homes again oh I feel like as humans we're not gonna remember how to interact with each other I know and life is just going to be totally different. And that's right. We talked about that, about it, right? But yeah, we're going to have to like re socialize like toddlers. Yes, exactly. (laughs) It's super awkward. I honestly hate when people come in and they like want to give me the the elbow all the Mm. time. And I just don't do anything. Yeah. Just don't do anything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. I think I gave you my weird, like I hugged myself, my weird, like COVID. Oh, it's my COVID hug. (laughs) You're probably like, get the F out of here, Andrea. (laughs) Better than the elbow. I just do the air hug. Like, uh. (laughs) yeah. That's, yeah. Okay. I did a version of that. (laughs) It's so funny. Oh my gosh. It is. But you know what? When you can chat with people and laugh and have fun and like kind of just get a little perspective, like, okay, shit is going to be okay. Yeah. It sucks, but it's going to be okay. Yeah. And at least you have like a good circle around you to hold you up and lift you up. And, oh, yeah. You know, I'll drive out there and cheer you up anytime you need. I appreciate it. I'm- Seriously, dude, we have been through so much together. I know. So I was much. Thinking, I mean, I was like early days before I even knew Paul, really. Yeah, and I like remember when you doing came my in. hair for the black and white ball. Or actually, really? I don't think you do updos. It was uh, Jesse, right? Oh, yes. 
Remember that? I was like, baby, Andrea. Yes. You started coming in and every time I cut your hair, you would freak out about <laughs> I know. You cut it off. That's every like the worst. You were like half an inch, maybe. And then if it was any more, you would just freak out. <laughs> <laughs> and then you chopped all of my hair off. Yeah. Yeah. For chemo. And then I came back a new sort of client that was like, whatever, Kelly, do whatever you yes. want. I'm just happy that I have hair. It was like a complete 180 <laughs> as far as I like, oh, how much can I cut this, yep. this time? <laughs> yes. It's crazy what, what happens in life, right? Yes. But yeah, like think about like everything that we've been through together. I know. And truly, it's been 14 years. Yeah. Because I started in San Francisco in 2007. At that salon on Polk Street, right? Yeah. Was I like one of your early first clients? You were. Oh my gosh. Because I was in the East Bay. I started in the East Bay and then I decided I wanted to move out to San Francisco. I'm so glad you did. Oh, (laughs) it was meant to be. Truly. But you know what I love is... Like I get to like have this relationship with you and see you get married and have kids and go yeah. through everything. And we've gone through it together. And that's like, honestly, that's what I miss. I know. You will get back to it. It will come back. I just miss everyone. And that, that's been a struggle, you know? Yeah. And I'll be curious to hear from you in a year or two when you're like fully rostered up <laughs> and like working too hard. If you feel like your clientele is like different in a way between the city and the East Bay, I can't wait. I mean, I already feel that way. Okay. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Season two. Yeah. <laughs> Let's check back in with me. <laughs> Kelly, I love you. I love you. Thank you so much, honestly, for like one of my final episodes. Like this is just perfect. Good. I'm sorry that it took me so long. Thanks for tuning in to Hindsight's 2020. I hope you leave feeling more connected and able to see your own silver linings. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a few minutes to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on iTunes. Special thanks to my sound engineer, John Kerr of Wayfair Recording. We can't do any of this without your support. Follow us on Instagram at Hindsight's 2020 Podcast and join the conversation at Hindsight's 2020 Podcast on Facebook.